AEW Full Gear is in the books, and it was a doozy. Omega, Moxley, Cody, Jericho, and much, much more. Join us here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, Ah, yeah. How's it going? It's going good. <laughs> On the special Sunday edition version of AEW After Buzz. Thank you for joining us. We are coming to you live from L.A. I am here with my partner, Anissa Barr. Yay. We have Jack and Jessica in spirit. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and we have Josh in the booth as well. Thank you so much, Josh, for of helping course, us Of course, guys. We got to discuss about this, right? I mean, what a crazy night for a pay-per-view. We got so many premiere matches. It was awesome. I can't wait to talk about it. It's ridiculous. I'm excited. I- I'm so glad we get to talk about this. I've been scrolling through Twitter, and people are going wild. Yeah. So let's get to it. Uh, I'm not sure if we needed an extra introduction. My name is Roger Corral. You know me from AEW uh, Dynamite on Wednesdays. And again, I introduced Josh in the booth. And we have Anissa to my left as well. Yes, I'm excited. So much to talk about tonight. And in a way, we do have a three panel because we're going to have Josh talking in on his thoughts. (laughs) We're going to rely on Josh a lot. uh, With his thoughts on on, uh, AEW's full gear. what a pay-per-view. It was it was phenomenal. I, I forked over the $50 last night. It had to be done. What Mr. A, Moneybags right here. What a great event. I was so happy. And right off the bat, Anissa, the set. What about the set? I know. The set was awesome. I really enjoyed the style of the ramp. Yeah. You know, I've seen that before on other wrestling promotions. But to able to see it... Um, I don't want to say on TV because it's been, you know, that set's been on TV with the ramp. But I liked the set, the move, the movements of their, you know, they the were graphics. Rotating. They were rotating just above and beyond. You know, I hope we get to see different types of sets for every pay-per-view. I got to um, say, it reminds them. me of old school TNA WCW type of thing. It was really cool, just like a nice little throwback yeah. to like those old NWA days. You know, It I mean? felt very, I remember a specific Great American Bash, I'm not sure what year, and I remember that specific runway, and it had such a different feel. Like, automatically I'm like, someone's going through that ramp. <laughs> like, someone has to go through that ramp. So, it, it adds a different feel already, and then they decided to like decorate the whole set, like I said, they had the spinning mm-hmm. uh, wheels, and it really it, it gets you invested. If you're going to call your event full gear, then I want to see full gear. Right. The next pay-per-view, because we don't know what the next pay-per-view's I, I, name is going to be called, but whatever the next uh, name is going to be, I hope that theme does attach to the set. And I think they will. I yeah. think they've done a good job doing that, and I'm really excited, and it's one of the great reasons why we love AEW. Yes, we do. So let's get it started. Top match of the day. I don't even know if we could call this a match because it was unsanctioned. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. A, boom. A lights out match. As our John Moxley correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> is this the most violent you've seen John Moxley? Yes and no. Okay. Um, you know, I just want to say this. Props to both of these guys. Yeah. Um, out of respect to both of these guys. You can tell Moxley really put Kenny over. 
Because Moxie was probably like, yeah, sure, I'll take all these bumps. <laughs> this is a no regular problem. Saturday this for is, him. This is what I love. Like, this is therapy for me, pretty much. And Omega, he kind of really tasted of that deathmatch style of wrestling. Granted, a lot of people, there was a 50-50 on social media, especially on Twitter. A lot of people did not like it. A lot of people did. But I do want to say this. If you've been a Moxley fan since 08-09 and you don't like this match, <laughs> what? Why are you a fan? Why are you watching, Why right? are you a fan of John Moxley? Excuse me. I think it caught people by surprise because yeah. everyone knows John Moxley has a background in this type of match. Right. But I think once you go, I mean, we don't like to say it sometimes, but AEW is one of the big time players in wrestling now. Like, they're up there with the WWE's, a Ring of Honor, everyone else up there. Right. So to see a guy wrestling in his style and to do it to close off their first real pay-per-view event since Dynamite, it's I, I could see why it's polarizing. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, props to Kenny. I have a lot of respect for Kenny. Yeah. Um, but I did say he was going to go down, and uh, <laughs> my prediction... <laughs> I will say, I feel like Jack today, my whole bracket, we did predictions last Wednesday, that all went downhill. Yeah, it all went downhill quickly. Yeah, it did. (laughs) But, you know, one thing I was surprised with this match is they had mousetraps. I've never seen that before. Yeah, so running down this match, uh, they kept putting out stuff, and I was like, they can't keep going further. They took out a table, and I'm like, okay, it looks like there's some stuff on it. There were mousetraps. Yeah. We got, we used that. And then eventually they went up on the stage and they had like a barbed wire table. They had a variety of tables. The only thing that they were missing was light bulbs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 we needed that. We needed the gas. We needed light bulbs. <laughs> we did have glass. We did not have thumbtacks. Honestly, I sound crazy just mentioning all this. It's insane. I, I was waiting for a fire to be thrown out at some point. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so at some point, they did all that, and then Moxley decided to take it back to the ring and take apart the ring. Have you ever seen that before? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and another promotion that we don't discuss here on AEW. Okay. See, that's why <laughs> That's why we love having you, Anissa. So what, what did you think? I mean, honestly, he started cutting the, the wires. He kept going around the ring. And then I was like, they're not going to expose the ring, right? That's too much. Right. And they did. I think... You have to. I think a lot of people have to remember, especially if you've been a fan of these guys for a long time, and the elite. And if you watch them on YouTube, they came from the indie scene. And yeah. if you're a fan of the indie scene, you kind of know how the ring works in a way. Maybe just me because I've worked with, I worked on the That's ring before. You know, um, so for them to expose it, I don't think it really uh, punished or. Really, um, how do I say in a word? Um, so it didn't throw you off to see it like no, this. No, but it, I don't think it really hurt the company huh. for them to expose that. I mean, I mean, shoot, I mean, John Moxley did a favor for the production crew. <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> they get to go home, right? They're like, all right, cool. Like, we don't really have to take everything off. You know, it's just quick, 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 quick. We're good. Honestly, that was pretty crazy. We have Zeno Hour joining us in the chat room. Oh, and he welcome. said that was the most violent Moxley match on a mainstream promotion. Oh, well, you should watch a CCW. Match. All right. There's plenty <laughs> of John Moxley to go around, right? Yeah, plenty. And Evolve. Watch, watch some of his old Evolve matches. So another aspect of this match, besides the gratuitous as violence. Um, I, I, I've been seeing some comments on Twitter, and it, it, Kenny Omega seems to be a bit lost. He, see, he seems to be trying to find his way. Even this match, I feel like he was trying to prove something. 
Do you see that? Do you see Kenny being lost, especially after this match? I don't think he was lost. I just felt like with this match, he had to prove himself into the world that he can level, he can do it this type of match we've seen kenny omega do any type of match but not this one and for him to have that passion and urge to beat moxley the king of deathmatch wrestling one of the kings of deathmatch (laughs) wrestling i should say because there's multiple of them um to come out bright like telling bring out the bob wire um Ta- I don't even know. Table? What, I don't know. <laughs> I've table? never seen that before. <laughs> Just to bring that out, and the ref saying, "No, Matt, no, yeah. no, this is like this needs to stop." Yeah. But this is an unsanctionary match. There's no technically. Rules. We don't want to hear it, right? Yeah, technically, they're saying it in a nice <laughs> way, but it is a death match. But. Just the passion that Kenny yeah. really had for I gotta beat this guy. The things that he did, the drop kick, that was beautiful. Running yeah. running and jumping in the drop kick, that was beautiful. And the way he just went through the full gear lights, that was and he did hit his head, poor guy. But I just really saw the passion in him. I think that move specifically it showed that Kenny was willing to get hurt. To get a victory. Right. Which, again, I'm not sure if we've ever seen this side of him, but I'm glad John Moxley took it out of him, and we got a great match out of it. Yeah, and I was really surprised that, you know, getting out of kayfabe, uh, Kenny was okay for him to do that, the last move um, on the wood. On the wood. wood. <laughs> that is, that that was scary, honestly. Like, when yeah. I saw the wood exposed, I was like, that can't, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I've, I've fallen out of my house before and I start crying. Like, this, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on this match? Honestly, you guys nailed it on the spot right there. This is one of the best matches that I've seen in a while, far this year goes. And, honestly, that spot with the Phoenix Splash onto the exposed was. Uh, unbelievable. I don't even know how Kenny Omega's knees aren't hurt at that point. Or it's his, just like his face. He landed on his face. It's just, oh <laughs> I my know. goodness, these guys just go through so much brutal stuff. And there's al- also other points to the whole pay-per-view in itself where you see these guys taking just like really gnarly bumps. And it's just oh. like, these guys are just for- going for it. So it's awesome. Yeah. It, it was awesome. And I think it paid off. I mean, they, they've been brewing for like two months now. Right. So it paid off a lot. I'm really happy we got it. And it's kind of ridiculous. Like, the pay-per-view officially ended with the World Heavyweight title on the line. So to get this extra treat for everyone to go home, I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, and I'm surprised Kenny didn't break his nose by doing that. I, I'm sure he broke a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like I said, the actual event... The, the last sanctioned match that ended the show was the infamous match that we've been waiting all year long. Cody versus Chris Jericho for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yep, yep, yep. It was... I, I, I can't even tell you how hype I was. We have some comments telling us this was the best pay-per-view they've seen in years. Wow. I think they, these two guys got everyone excited. Did it live up to it? Yeah, I mean, this... Well, first of all, I really thought MJF was going to join the inner circle. <laughs> Already you were going in? I thought this whole time, I'm like, all right, homeboy's going to go. And, and something was going to happen tonight because, one, it, it was Chris Jericho's birthday. That's right. You know, so I thought something was going to happen, but I felt this match was is going to go down in the history books as one of the classics. 
Okay. In my opinion. No, I agree. I feel like they both, when they made their entrances, I felt like I was watching true main eventers. Like, this is a match that I'm going to tell future generations about. This is one of the matches that set off. You know, I remember when ECW first started, and you had, like, Tommy Dreamer and Raven, like, fighting for the first time. And you're like, yeah, these guys are the future. Or when WCW first started, and you see, like, some of these big names start arriving, and you're like, yeah. And so that's what I felt like with this. I was like, they're making their mark. This is officially the beginning of them taking over wrestling. Yeah, definitely. So I, I like that. I, I, I really feel like they came through. The match was phenomenal. And again, let's not forget. So the match had three judges. And we got to have three legends at ringside. A big surprise. We had Dean Malenko, who is a WCW cruiserweight legend. And he used to be a backstage producer at WWE. We had Arn Anderson, uh, a classic member of the Four Horsemen, and again, a former producer at the WWE, WWE. And then we had the great Muta, or Muta. Um, for anyone that's followed wrestling in Japan, Muta's a legend. And he wrestled in WCW for a while, so if you've never checked out a match of his, I highly recommend it. So you had these three legends that were going to determine who was going to come out of this. Were you surprised by that? Did you like the selection of judges i did because malenko and jericho they yeah wcw you know i I, you know i'm not super you know i you know i was very very little when wcw was (laughs) popping so i do go back and watch all these matches and stuff just to um educate myself a little more from the you know early on in the 90s you know of course arn anderson is arn anderson and you know we have the great Muta. Yeah. And it's so funny because I actually saw him wrestle for the first time here in SoCal. Whoa. Yeah, okay. A couple of years ago. <laughs> several years ago. And I didn't know who he was at the time. And my buddy's like, no, this guy's this and this. So I educated myself and started to watch some of his matches. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, like, so that's a big moment. Yeah. Wow. See, stuff like that. I feel like AEW rewards. Like, I feel like. For someone like you who just recently, not recently discovered, but like you got a newfound appreciation for Muta. Right. Like you got to see this and you're like, yeah, this guy can judge this match. Yeah, because he's he's one of the originals with, with the green spit. With the green mist, yeah. The green mist. The Tajiri. And then Tajiri took it on and now Asuka's yeah. taking yeah. it on. But to see that live of him doing that, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is cool. So that's how you know. These guys definitely can determine who comes out of this match. But we did not have to resort to the judges because MJF betrayed us all. He broke our hearts. He broke Twitter's hearts. Honestly, Twitter was going insane. Yeah. <laughs> MJF threw in the towel as soon as Jericho put in. I, I'm not going to say as soon. He had the walls of Jericho. Do we still call it the walls of Jericho? No, it, it's a uh, tiger. We had the tie- Boston Crab going for a while. <laughs> it, 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 they... They call it one of his moves back in WCW. It's like... The, the Lion t- Tamer. The lion t- yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. had the you. Lion Tamer. Yeah. And honestly, I, there's so many moves. <laughs> Jericho honestly has so many moves. And he applied it hard. Like He stepped on his head. He, did. he was like, no. He was oh. bending Cody. And I got worried. I was like, oh my God, this is this is the end. Like, there's no way. And honestly, I kind of expected... For anyone that's followed uh, Stone Cold's career, his infamous match against Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, I thought with the blood dripping... I thought we were going to get that because I was like, we got the blood going. Let's go. But instead, we got, uh, uh, I would say, a small recreation of the infamous Bret Hart versus Owen Hart classics. Um, With the towel being thrown in, 
what do you think? Like so I haven't t- I haven't seen someone throwing a towel since two thousand and three. <laughs> That's so, very specific. Yeah, well, yeah, because I remember uh, <laughs> Linda McMahon throwing in the towel when it was Stephanie and yes. her dad at Nose Mercy. It but, doesn't happen often. But it doesn't happen often. And, okay, first of all, Cody Rhodes, or Cody's mother, is the mom of the year. Okay? <laughs> she said a bad word that I'm not supposed to say online to Chris Jericho. And she slapped him a couple of times. She slapped him while he was getting beat up. Yeah, like, what are you great. doing, lady? This is great. And, you know... After the match, we do. There is a photo online online of her cutting the um, stitches on oh, Cody's head. But she, man, that mother is one tough sob. I will say, I have never <laughs> seen a mother look less concerned in my life. I think when you grow up with the roads, this is this, She's like, you're right. used to this. <laughs> this right. is nothing. Like there were times when, like, when Cody landed on his head when he when he did the tope suicida the the camera panned to her mother and she's just sitting there she's well, like oh Cody did it again. Yeah. <laughs> or like or she was married to Dustin. And she so, was married to Dustin. I mean, like he, yeah. He bleeded he, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like and she saw her other son Dustin as well like go through beatings. I think at this point, you know, it's a regular weekly occurrence. <laughs> so uh, mentioning the Topa Suicida what do you think about that? Was Cody out of his element jumping onto the outside? Was it the ramp way that affected him? I think it was obviously the ramp. I mean, uh, Cody is just so talented in wrestling. And, you know, he doesn't have to be a high flyer. He doesn't really have to do all these risky moves, but he does it. But it just fits him in, a, in an interesting way, in my opinion. But I really, really enjoy seeing Cody Rhodes wrestle. He's one of my top five favorites to just watch wrestling. And Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is just a legend as itself. In my opinion, he's one of the GOATs. So for them two to go at it, it's just so crazy how them two just can can make a classic match. I I feel like I expected greatness. I did not expect such a classic match. So I'm obviously really happy about it. Right. We have a comment. (laughs) Zeno Hour as well. He's calling it the Baltimore screw job. Oh. You think that'll stick? (laughs) No, because it wasn't a screw job because the referee didn't Ah. didn't do what wasn't inside you know what didn't do what the Montreal screw screw job was. MJF threw in the towel. There's a difference. Who's in his corner? You assume he's in his corner. Exactly. Looking out for him. And good for freaking... Okay, first of all, let's talk about Ref Aubrey. (laughs) Ref Aubrey was all over the place. Ref Aubrey is a bad woman. (laughs) And she pushed Jericho, was like, I'm not going to deal with your stuff. And that's what I mentioned before um, on AEW Dynamite. I would like to see more referees involved in matches. And when I saw that, I was so excited because she's not going to take anyone's crap. She's actually such a great addition. She feels so such a refreshing breath of what a referee should be. I think for the most part, they kind of feel like a bumbling mess out there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I guess something happened back here. I don't know. Whereas, like, she's like, no. Something she saw Jake Hager like do something, and she's like, "You're out of here, guy." She has eyes all over. <laughs> it was it was great. I, yeah. I think she's such a great addition, especially to these matches. Because again, we want it being called down right down the middle. There's always going to be shenanigans. Anytime you have a villain like Chris Jericho or the Inner Circle, you know you're going to expect some stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. So to have her there really helps to make sure that everything goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah, and <laughs> um, this match was was great, and the ending was great. As well like after they he threw in the towel that was great so combining both of these matches together technically omega and uh and moxley that match did not count towards their records 
And technically, Cody cannot fight for the title anymore. Well, hold on. <laughs> so, who's next in line, Anissa? Uh, well, hmm. Oh, I think, so, I don't, for the title? Yeah. I mean, uh, Cody? In a weird way, I don't know why this, in my head, I think it's going to be Omega. Okay. I think so. Because I think now it's going to be Cody and MJF is going to have a feud. That definitely needs to that happen now. Like, we we, we need to take care of that guy now. But I, for <laughs> some reason, I think Omega is going to be next in line for the championship. Okay. Even though he lost yesterday. Even though, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, weird things happen in pro wrestling. That is true. And again, it did not count towards his record. They made sure to, and I think even JR said, like, that whatever happens in this unsanctioned match, it does not advance them in the rankings any step closer to fighting Jericho or Cody. Right. So, you're right. He might still have a shot. I, he, again, he might be injured a million different ways at this point. Right. But I found it interesting because at this point, these are your top four guys. This is how you end your first big event. And I, it'll be interesting to see where the belt goes from here. Exactly. And um, towards the end, we get to see MJF being booed. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a fan. I don't know if it was a work. But he was... Stuff was liquids were thrown at MJF. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, let's. I, I would word it a, a little differently, but yes, liquids were beer, thrown at MJF. Maybe beer, soda. <laughs> yeah, let's recap. MJF threw in the towel, and afterwards, you felt like there was a genuine concern from him. Like uh, Cody almost felt like he was about to forgive him. I didn't feel bad for him. <laughs> I, well, I've been expecting a turn, so I, I didn't feel bad for him. But I was like, all right. Well, you know, he meant well. Yeah. Next thing you know, low blow, low blow to Cody again. Broke all of our hearts. He leaves him laying there as he's going up the rampway. A fan throws like a giant. It looked like a giant beer. Like, yeah, it, it was massive. The amount of liquid that landed, and that is going to be in the books and in video packages forever. Forever. If and you want to talk about an ultimate heel package, that'll be rolled for decades to come. So that fan really helped AEW a lot more <laughs> with MJF's package, like video packages. With MJF's package. Again, I would word it a little differently. But video <laughs> intro thing. Yes. Know. But honestly, I, I feel like that that is going to do wonders for his career. I, we, there's still rumors on Twitter. No one has been able to confirm if that was a plant or not. Right. Thoughts? Do you think it's a plant? You know, at first I thought it wasn't. But looking back and when stuff like this happens, when fans get a little too crazy and invested into the matches, which is beautiful and amazing, yeah. but no cameras or no one in the back are going to say, hey, put the camera towards that guy. Show his face. Exactly. So <laughs> I feel like it's planned now. Um, but I don't know. Josh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? It definitely had an old school, just like NWA type of feel to yeah. it. Like, this is just like one of those just like nitty-gritty type of title matches right here. Just so much ring psychology to it and everything. And, you know, as far as just, like, a next opponent for Jericho, I would definitely have to go with probably another winner of uh, the pay-per-view as well, uh, Hangman Page, I think. Okay, so we'll bring that up when we get there. I find that interesting, especially because he's another member of the Elite. So I I don't think the Elite is going anywhere. And I think Josh has a good point. I think he looked really great last night. Jericho has a lot of competition going forward. Yeah, and speaking of competition and a lot of stuff is happening, uh, make sure to rate us, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like 
give join the conversation because we want to make sure that we're part of the conversation. We want to engage with you and everything. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, rate on iTunes as well, and give us a comment because we actually see your comments on YouTube and iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe because we are the AEW panel and josh anybody in the chat anybody yeah we are gonna try our darndest to always make sure to include as many comments as possible in the show you guys make us you guys feed this whole place so we welcome it bring it bring it on let's name some people and right now yeah uh donna say key says it was a plant (laughs) <laughs> Joseph Bosa, I think it was a plant. Um, let's see. We got Jay Craig who says he wasn't a plant. He was removed by a bunch of security. MJF was looking at that direction and the camera turned with him. Ooh. So some people are speculating because, again, we mentioned the camera right. panned that way. It can't be a plant. And, yeah, I, again, it's been pretty polarizing. I think it's 50-50. Regardless, it got the job done. And I think MJF is a better wrestler because of it. Yeah. <laughs> so good stuff all around I, I, we love the main events um, and then that leads us to the match right before the, the main event which was for the women's title and Riho has been spe- yeah that's right Riho has been spectacular she has been a fan favorite for weeks now she ended up capturing the women's title she just wrestled in Japan a few weeks ago she's all over the world and so this was going to be a big challenge against her because she was going up against em- uh, her name is Emi Sakura um, that's going to take me a while. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, Emi Sakura is a legend in Japan, and she, I mentioned this at, on Dynamite last week, she trained Riho, and we actually got to see some of that package as the match was leading up, where they've wrestled in front of, like, five, ten people. You know, the life of a wrestler. And now they were in front of, of thousands, millions throughout the world. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of the match? Well, before I give you my thoughts, I wanted to say this. Um, I've seen a lot of people on social media saying, why well, this is not a, like this doesn't make any sense why is this happening but you you got to look at their history they too they do have history together they do. and for them to just automatically put this in a match you know they're going to make a video package you yeah. know if if it's like no if no one has <laughs> no history together they're not going to make a video package of it but i thought this was a really interesting match you know it's teacher versus student yeah. and you know, I thought that these two women really, really showed what Japanese women's wrestling can do. Um, it was a lot of the screaming was a lot of anime. <laughs> um, I, I was, I was like, whoa, okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, and it was a nice moment for them. Emi Sakura was crying before the match, so obviously she felt the gravity of how big this match, this title, is to everyone. Yeah. And I felt like Riho, Riho always looks happy. But yeah. you, you can feel the magnitude of this match. And I think they came through. Their chemistry is phenomenal. And I kind of want to see them fight after this. Like, I don't want to see this feud end. Okay, yeah, yeah. What, do you, are you interested in this? Or are you ready for some Britt Baker to enter the scene? I'm ready for a new women's champion. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Rio's great. I mean, she's a sweetheart. Um, but I, I'm I'm ready for the title to change and maybe go back to Rio, you know, just, just, I feel we, Rio needs, how do I put this? She needs competition. Okay. Okay. And even though Emmy, what, you know, even though the people that she wrestled were just, you know, storylines in a way, I feel that the, someone from the women's division just is like, all right, you know what? 
I'm tired of being on the sidelines. I'm going to take that title. Let's start and make a storyline out of it. Even the women that wrestle on AEW Dark. I mean... Well, someone on our um, on our chat room, Joseph Boza, jo- good old Joseph Boza, <laughs> uh, um, he mentions Emmy, Emmy Sakura basically got this shot winning the Fatal 4-Way on AEW Dark last week when she made Penelope Ford submit. Oh, that's so, right. So, you know, AEW Dark matters a lot in making sure that these wrestlers uh, ramp up their wins, mm-hmm. get some more experience. And I think you're right. I, I, I mentioned it last week when I said there's a lot of women now. I think there's a, a, a large variety of women on the roster. I mean, we haven't even gotten to Awesome Kong. Like, there's so many women that I feel like are worthy opponents. And I think you're right. I think Riho, not that she doesn't have competition, but she's in for a rude awakening. Yeah, I, I, I feel like she needs, like, an Awesome Kong she or needs an Nia Jax. To bring her back. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying but, to destroy Riho here. I mean... <laughs> All respects to you, Rio, but <laughs> I thought the match overall was very, very fun to watch. It was great. It was great. And we love um, Sakura's uh, queen gimmick as well with her little stomping. So I was I was really happy to see that. And, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll see where the women's division goes. But I definitely like their chemistry, and I was happy we got that match. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we also had the tag team titles on the line. Which, by the way, I, another twin. Oh, that's right. I'm just going to sit here and dance with Teddy Long all day. I could do that all day. Um, yeah, we had the tag team titles on the line. And like we discussed on Dynamite last week, we had the third place team, the guys with the medals, uh, be able to participate in this match. Private Party took on the Lucha Brothers, who took on SCU for the tag team titles. What did you think? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I'm wearing an SCU shirt. This is the oh, you are. I've ever been in, but you know, okay. gotta support, gotta support the SoCal guys. So I'm guessing you were happy with the results. I was. I mean, this match was so fun to watch. Yeah. You know, everyone's just do. You know, everyone. It's it's just crazy how these all these men were able to connect with each other in. And they all wrestle different styles of pro wrestling in wrestling. You know, it's such a huge variety. It, like it, it it's kind of crazy. Like you have the lucha style with the type of brawler style with the high flyer style. It, like you have everything being thrown in there. And I'm like, I don't know who to root for. These guys are all future main eventers. Like it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And you know, I could watch these guys wrestle all day. You know? <laughs> these guys are so fun to watch. You know, at the ending, I thought that was great as well. Um, to be quite honest, I. I'm. I think that the next time they're gonna f- uh, open the challenge for the AEW championships, I mean tag team championships, is going to be Private Party versus SCU. Okay, so I, I, that was my next question. Actually, do you think? Because I feel like Private Party, they 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 beat the Young Bucks and that elevated their status. But then it's kind of been been a bit of a downhill since then. So, do you think they need to tone down their high flying? Do you think they need to adjust anything, or do you think they're on track? No, I think they're fine. Okay, there's no, I don't think there's nothing wrong with the private party. I don't think there's nothing wrong with Lucha Brothers, and I don't think nothing's wrong with SCU. I just think that there needs to be more storyline um, within the tag team division. I understand. You that. want some personal beef? Exactly. <laughs> I want some personal beef. Um, but but what I'm saying is, I like to I. The next time we get to see these guys wrestle, I hope it's just SCU, Frankie, and Scorpio, and Private Party, just them two beefing. 
because I, I don't want to see a third person, like a third. So that, that brings me up to what actually what happened. Christopher Daniels came out, and I'm not sure if we're going to apply the the old rule of the three man tag team. What do you think happens? I mean, even the 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 actual titles they they have Scorpio Skies and Kazarian's logos on the belts. So they, I, I don't know where Christopher Daniels comes into the equation now because I feel like even though it's only been about two three weeks that he's been gone, I'm not sure if he's needed anymore. Oh, Christopher Daniels is always needed. Oh, okay, but do you think <laughs> this tag team is going to be able to be cohesive with him still? Yes, because they've been a tag team since like forever. That is true. I mean, Ring SCU of Honor days. Like, come that on. That is true. But I think what we we saw uh, at the end of the match. As Christopher Daniels dressed up as um, Pentagon, Pentagon, yeah, it's going to be. They're going to. I think those two are going to have a feud. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, that's. I've said this before. Uh, Christopher Daniels is such a treat to watch live and on TV. Like for a while, he was considered the 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 king of the indies because he wrestled throughout the world. Like people wanted a piece of Christopher Daniels, mm-hmm. and I, I found it kind of interesting. Kind of side note. Um, so Pentagon is a is a character that came out of Mexico. Um, he was the villain, uh, the the opposite side to the good guy who was called Octagon. Mm-hmm. So Octagon was a good guy for decades, and then one day Pentagon appeared, mm-hmm. his the ultimate arch nemesis. Do you think Christopher Daniels is going to play more of those mind games? Because he came out dressed up as Pentagon. Yeah, I mean it's not the first time I've seen so, you know seen someone be you know we saw Chris Jericho dress yeah. up as Pentagon a couple of times, but Chris I mean. Uh, Christopher Daniels is a legend in this business. He knows how this stuff works. He knows how to play mind tricks. He does. I mean, I would love to see them feud. You know, Pentagon Jr., I've seen him so many times wrestling. This guy is, like, in his late 20s. You know, so it's just a treat for us to be able to see them to feud. But I wonder if we're going to get old Christopher Daniels or we're going to get... New style Christopher SCU Daniels. Christopher Daniels. Yeah, are we gonna get the fallen <laughs> angel? Or are we gonna get you know SCU? <laughs> and it is a different know, style, and I, I think it'll be it'll be different to see how he adjusts moving forward. He is getting older, and I think being a part of a tag team helps everyone hide any weaknesses they have. And so I'm not sure. I think Pentagon is in the prime of his career. Oh yeah. So I am not sure if Christopher Daniels can handle that type of match in terms of pulling out a victory. And so I'm not sure if Christopher Daniels will have to resort to SCU. You know, pulling some shenanigans and right. helping them out. Well, say, well, do you think uh, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, or do you think they're going to have, they're going to bring in a third person? Uh, they're Lucha Brothers. You know, as far as I know, there's not a Lucha Triplets situation going know. on. You never know. Like I said, Octagon spawned Pentagon. We might get a Hexagon one day. <laughs> like, we don't know. We don't know. There's a lot of shapes to go around, so maybe. (laughs) There's a lot of shapes. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I I think I think I'm glad that SCU. It's kind of interesting. The the all the champions left with their respective titles. Yeah. So in that sense, nothing too shocking. But it'll be interesting to go forward to see who pulls up as the number one contenders for these titles. Right. Um, and then that leads us to, so now we've gotten all the titles out of the way, and the next match that I want to cover is a match that, um, Josh brought up with, uh, someone that I think is probably the next 
if not the next number one contender, he's definitely up there now. Hangman Page took on Pac in, I would call it a grudge match, honestly. Uh, and I think they brought the house down. I think I hadn't seen Pac be humbled like this in a long time. I, he seems angry. He always has a chip on his shoulder. And I think Hangman kind of brought him back to reality, telling him, this is, this is our company. Like, <laughs> be, be careful where you step on around here, because there are people like Hangman that will bring you down. Do you agree? Sure. I mean, this match, you know, it was it wasn't like oh my gosh for me, but it was a decent match in my opinion. You know, we didn't get we got a lot of, you know, viciousness in between both of them. Yeah. And which was really good. I mean, Pack is I, Pac should just be a heel forever. <laughs> he was born to he, be like, a heel. He's just so good <laughs> at it. And, you know, Hangman, you know, if you watch Being the Elite, you kind of feel bad for him sometimes when you, you know, when you watch his episodes yeah. because oh, he doesn't have his own locker room, you know? He doesn't, you know, is not walking out with everybody towards the end of, you know, after the show and sometimes. and That's a good point. You know, I feel like at, they're making him feel like the lone Woof, even though he's a cowboy. That's something that needs to be brought up. Because I know, I'm not sure if you followed his career as intricately. I know he wrestled in the Indies for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe he still wrestles for Dragon Gate. Um, But he always seems to, we have a really talented wrestler in him. And I don't think he's always gotten the respect he properly deserves. And I think that's where the chip comes from. I feel that with Hangman, um, in in an interesting way, they know what to do with him, but they also don't know what to do with him in storyline wise. Yeah, yeah. And for him to be facing, you know, the different people every week, there, there's no storyline there. Do you think this is a good win for Hangman, though? Like I said, yeah. Pac had a big chip on his shoulder, and Pac had gotten some impressive victories, even including over Kenny Omega, actually. Right. So do you think this, is this impressive enough for you to kind of start elevating Hangman? Page? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why sure. not? That's why all. Not? That's great. <laughs> no, no. Like, why not? Because I think Hangman Page will eventually become the AEW championship, but it just depends how long, like, when yeah. will that happen? Yeah. Even though AEW is very fresh this year, I feel that they're just being very careful and not trying to rush everything so quickly. I agree. And there's some pros and cons to doing that so you know we just got to tune in and see um going back to the tag team match someone mentioned loretto kid is actually the third member of the lucha brothers oh. i'm not sure if that's confirmed i know they have wrestled together in triple a before and in several other promotions so just want to throw that out there and thank you guys for you know helping us out with that yeah um love it. so yeah hangman page got the victory and uh i i think he'll be able to if not, again, the, he was able to fight Chris Jericho for the title when the when the title first got inaugurated. So I'm excited, looking forward to that. And I think Pac still has a lot to go. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. It'll be good. Um, and then another match we had uh, last night as well was another tag team match because that's what we do. Tag so team matches. So many tag teams. <laughs> <laughs> all day. Just play me that music all day. Tag team me. Um, don't don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Young Bucks took on, and they have a new name. The Young Bucks took on the Proud and the Powerful, Ortiz and Santana. Is, I, is that new? Am I am I off? Is that a new name? I think that's new. I don't know. It's well, a, I mean, I'm, I'll do my research. <laughs> <laughs> Proud and Powerful. I think 
So you saw the video package? Yeah. Freaking amazing. Yeah. So Phenomenal good. production. All what these packages. they did with Ortiz and Santana, the promos that they did, be proud of who yeah. you are. We're from New York, homeboy. I'm from L.A. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like where this is going. I don't like where this is going at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, I feel that... It, it, Let's be honest. It was East Coast versus West Coast in this in this uh, match. That didn't even click in my head. You're right. Yeah, you're right. It's it, if you want to bring it up the whole '90s because they brought up Big. That's where you know <laughs> hip hop came from. Well, we had Tupac back in the '90s. Wow, so that's know. that's interesting. But I felt. But this match overall, I feel like both of them really. Both of these tag teams, they were great. They were great. You know, I've seen Santana and Ortiz wrestle live here at okay. SoCal Wrestling Shows. And they're so fun to watch. Like, they bring the house They bring the down. crowd. They bring the crowd yeah. in. Everyone's invested every time they wrestle. And I felt like the crowd was invested in this match as well. I thought the Bucks brought it as well. They bring it all the time. I mean, this, this to me, felt like an East Coast, West Coast type of match. That's so funny. <laughs> and, and, and not not to throw in a wrench, but we also threw in the South into that match because the Rock and Roll Express was at ringside. <laughs> we have East Coast, we have West Coast, and we have the South. Like, honestly, we need a Northern team at this point, guys. If you guys could think of a Northern team, I'll throw it, to, I'll throw it out. I'll pitch it to AEW. Make sure they can hear it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, they, they got their revenge. They got their revenge. Like, who saw that coming? They, they, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, like the Rock and Roll Express is in the front row. But not only were they just at the front row, and it's like, run us through what happened with the Rock and Roll Express. They got involved, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, they're in their late, I don't even know how they were. 60s. Sure. Um, I wasn't even born when they were wrestling, so I don't even know. No, but no. you know they they really brought it. I mean, they showed everyone, hey, you know, this is in our blood. Every single wrestler that steps in the ring, they're always going to have that wrestling blood in them, no matter what age they are, and they can do it. You know? I feel like these guys wrestle like on their days off. Like they probably go to like Olive Garden, and that's what they do like before they show up to the store. Like they they wrestle twenty. Like I just can't believe how much these guys are like they're active. They look in good shape they they obviously are clamoring for like the roar of the crowd my favorite part was a canadian destroyer yeah, your favorite part that's the most insane part like yeah. what i mean they're going through the ropes they're doing canadian <laughs> destroyers at 67 oh my god you know in a weird way i feel like they're like the young bucks are it's like roles like the young bucks are oh we're kind of passing the torch here yeah okay in a way okay. but it's like I feel that the Rock and Roll Express can definitely see themselves in the Young Bucks. I could see that. That's what I'm trying to like. Say. No, that's a very good point. Because just the way that their style, the, the style. You and have everything. the rebellious team of the '80s, who was very different from all the other teams at the time. Right. And you know that's what the Young Bucks faced for a while. I remember the Young Bucks when they first started. Oh my God! All the criticism they got. That's yeah. not pure wrestling. They're just like Hardy Boys ripoffs. Like so many, so much criticism. So you're right. I, I I see that, and I wonder if that's a bit of an homage they're paying by bringing them in and. This shows respect. I mean, you have arguably one of the the greatest tag team of all time paying their respects. And that's what JR said in the promo. He hasn't seen anyone be like the Young Bucks. And just to do the things that they do. And, you know, you would think that these guys are twins, but they're brothers. And, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, they're elevating pro wrestling. They are. They are. Not only behind the scenes with 
with the behind the makings of this company, but in the ring, yeah. in the ring, the things they have created, they they've created super kick parties throughout the country. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I want to do a quick shout out to the production crew, the camera crew, whoever's monitoring the angles Beautiful. on where to go. It was it was great. I real that's one of my favorite. That's one thing what I love about wrestling. It's not just the styles, not just the moves, not just the entertainment. It's the production and how everyone's a team making these guys and women look like stars. It's a family. It is. And, you know, shout out to everyone in the production, you know, uh, box, booth. booth. You know. They're back there somewhere. You guys are killing it with with, uh, all this stuff. So, yeah. Good for you. I, I'm not sure if AEW is the one that tweeted out a picture. I saw a picture on Twitter of uh, the production crew behind the scenes. Yeah. And it, it, it no, looks they, phenomenal. I'm really it happy looks great. for them. Yeah. Um, actually, someone, uh, Michael Munger Jr. said they're in their early 60s. Early so, 60s. Early 60s. <laughs> um, and then uh, that's about it. We had a, a pre show match with a Britt Baker. Hopefully, she gets to enter the, the, the scene. Um, but overall, what do you rank the show out of 10? I gave it a 10. You give it a 10. All right. I mean, (laughs) we're here for a reason, right? But I know we got to wrap up soon, but quickly, um, I have to say, we finally got to see Awesome Kong and Brandy. So much. There's so much. So much to talk about, but I just want to say that real quick. And uh, it's going to be interesting because I'm very excited to talk about it next Wednesday. I'm excited. We'll be back on Wednesday with Jack and Jessica. And uh, yeah, so that about. Wait, wait, do you give it 10 stars? Oh, yeah, I I rank it 10 stars. Again, we're here for a reason. I'm sure Josh gives it 10 stars. 10 stars. uh, 10 stars. We need to get out of here. Um, Anywho, Anissa, where can they find you on Twitter? Follow me on all social media at Anissa Bar. Alrighty, and you can find me on Twitter at Roger Corral. Roger underscore Corral. Get that right. (laughs) And we will see you all next week here at AfterBuzz TV for AEW Dynamite. And thank you so much for tuning in. Everyone in the chat. Thank, Thank you, you so you much. Thank You're you, amazing. everyone. We'll see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.